0: Hello and welcome, heroes, to the Crit Academy. I am your host, Justin. And I'm your co-host, Ian. This podcast was created to provide you, our heroes, with new and reusable material for both players and DMs. We hope to inspire you with creative content that you can bring with you on your next adventure. Our show may not be suitable for young children, but neither is our D&D games. No. That's life unfortunately. Yeah. Um so if you are young or easily offended, this may not be the show for you. No. <laughs> I am really really excited for today's show you guys. Um, there's a uh, our main topic. The the World Anvil is an amazing RPG uh, campaign manager, which I'm super excited for. And we got a monster variant that really I had so much fun writing, uh, called the blood bloodworm zombie. It it's a pretty bloody experience, and I really think that you guys are really gonna get a kick out of it. We want to thank you guys for joining us today here at Crit Academy Studios, where everything's made up and your roles don't matter. Yep,
1: that's your right. Your roles like a DM without a
0: campaign manager. That's true. <laughs> First, uh, I want to get. Uh, I just want to say thank you to everyone who's picked up our fantastic terrains. It already it achieved bestseller status, and it is almost silver bestseller status. So I'm super excited for that. It's
1: still on the list for like a but top selling new content yeah
0: it's definitely in the top 20 right now i think it was 19 when i checked the other day yeah i don't yeah 1920 ish i don't know so i'm really excited so um if you want to support our show there's a multitude of ways to do that either on our patreon or picking up any one of our best-selling dms guild products all of our products are best sellers now by the way so that that's really just awesome head on over to critacademy.com and you can check out some of the stuff there um that being said why don't we get right into it oh yeah we like to start our show off by doing something really special for all of our listeners, uh, especially our subscribers, um, which you can do at CritAcademy.com. We like to do giveaways. This week's first giveaway is from Loresmith. Smith. It is a modular dungeon tile terrain setup that's uh, called Arcania. Arcania. Basically, it's an easy way to create your own beautiful maps. The Arcania set lets you make dark, shadowy dungeon maps, rich in the with fumes and Arcane secrets. It's digital, um, so you can use it in your roll twenty game, or if you got a projector or all that stuff, or you can just print them out and put them right on like some cardstock. It's really nice. Mm-hmm. So, who is our winner today? There, Ian. Our winner today is Kilroy General. Congratulations, Kilroy General. Uh, if you enjoy the products, please uh, let Laura Smith know. If you didn't win. Not a problem. We have uh, you taken care of. If you head on over to CritAcademy.com slash uh you can get a, a free set of digital terrain and so much more. Oh, yeah. So definitely check it out. I think let's get into our question today. Our Let's Talk About Blank segment question comes from Jannie Blair on Facebook. She asks, or he asks, I'm not really sure <laughs> if it's a he or she, but... You don't like uh, the profile picture, man? Uh, no. Do I look like a damn stalker? It's Facebook. That's what it's for. People put little images and stuff on there. I don't remember what it was because I wasn't paying attention. Um, It says, I need a legal term for using mind-altering magic against another citizen. Can y'all help me out? Do you have – so this is really interesting. We actually did the uh, um, Laws of the Land episode that talked a lot about the punishments and stuff but I don't recall it really giving a name to this. So I think this was a really good question to talk about. What would you call this sort of um, mind-altering effect from a, a law, per, a legal perspective? Uh, magical compulsion. Okay. Forced magic and compulsion or just magical compulsion. That's pretty cool. Yep. Um, I wrote down a few that I thought were really clever um, because I think I'm clever, even though my wife would clearly tell me I'm not. I liked Grand Theft Consciousness. Mm-hmm. I think that was a really good one. Uh, also, <laughs> intrusion with intent to influence. Getting a little long-winded there is my custom, apparently. Uh, how about unauthorized use of enchantment? Yeah. Now, the last one is probably my personal favorite. You have arcane domination. I felt that could mean lots of different things. Ah, a first degree, which is a single person, or second degree, which is a group, or third... um. It's you know it's cast but it failed and somebody's aware of it right yeah. so you attempted to but you didn't get away with it so those are do you have any other kind of clever uh, names for that something that really jumps out at you oh it's...
1: Yeah, what did I say magical magical
0: compulsion mm-hmm. uh unlawful modification of thoughts <laughs> oh that's a good one that's a good one I like that um so uh, this actually brings up another interesting question. If you're going to go through the trouble to create, like, legal terms for these, do you think uh, Janny is going to go through and create legal terms for all the different stuff? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Like, I mean, you're going to have... Unlawful application of uh, evocation spell on a bar. (laughs) (laughs) Kaboom. Fireball. (laughs) (laughs) I got it. I got it. I like that. So those are some uh, ideas we kind of brainstormed and came up with there, Janny. We hope this really helps you out. I love mind altering magic. Uh, I know that some DMs really struggle with it because they think, well, a player can just say this and make somebody do something, but unlawful implantation, unlawful implantation of artificial thoughts. <laughs> oh, damn, that's a good one. That's a really good one. I like that. So just start with unlawful and just go from there. Yeah, go from there. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of including like these sorts of terms. If you have a pro, if you're one of the few DMs that I've ran into that have an issue with mind control, you have to remember there are tools in place, especially in popular areas like Baldur's Gate or other big cities like Neverwinter, that they take, they put in wards and stuff to prevent against that sort of thing. So just because a player says they're gonna do it doesn't mean they're always gonna succeed. And the idea of yep. just coming down on them with the law, like, chasing them out of town is fantastic. Or even r- removing their head.
1: And if you just want to come up with uh, some uh, terms, just uh, crack them into th- th- thesaurus and add a few extra words in there to make it sound complicated.
0: <laughs> That's cool. That's yeah. a good idea. Thesaurus is super useful. Like, I type stuff in uh, Word all the time and just right-click and do the synonyms things very regularly to make my stuff sound different. So, anyways.
1: And make yourself sound more intelligent than you are. <laughs>
0: Thanks for that. It's not where I was going, but appreciate that. <laughs> not denying it. Uh, I'm not absolutely not denying it. <laughs> um, I did have an app on my phone called uh, A Word a Day uh, to help me, you know, better educate myself. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think that'll do it for our Let's Talk About Blank segment. Janie, thank you so much for your submission. We hope you we answered your question today. Um, when it comes to playing Dungeons and & Dragons and stuff like that, uh, it's really cool to see people come up and try to fill in those different uh, aspects of the system that would be there but aren't already fleshed out. So Now on to the big stuff. On they to our main topic. Um, world Anvil. The ultimate world building tool set for an RPG campaign. Oh, this manager is really, really cool. If you've not checked this out, you can find it at worldanvil.com. Would you toss that into the Twitch chat there, um, that link? Um, so world. what is World Anvil? It was founded in October uh, 2016, 17, I think. One well, of uh, things. Yeah, well, considering the last digit is missing in my notes means I either fat fingered and didn't hit it or accidentally le- deleted it. But, anyways, around 2016, 2017, if I'm not mistaken, um, it's a place basically where authors of tabletop RPG, RPGs, game masters, players, hobbyists can basically develop, maintain, and display their worlds uh, and creations. Basically, it's a pretty, it's a very pretty wiki page for role playing campaigns, which. Um, It's worth noting that we're only looking at the free aspect in our demonstration as we were going through this. It does come with its own premium service, which does Mm -hmm. away with like the ads and gives some additional features. The most notable one is, and I thought this was interesting, you can only have like two separate campaigns in the free one. I don't even barely have time to develop one campaign in one world. I can't imagine trying to do more than that, but nope. so to me as far as I can tell the free aspect actually is is gives you access to so much stuff unless you're super hardcore into it, you probably be okay with that. That being said, you get a lot of neat 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 old goodies if you do do the premium service. So
1: and I think you basically jumped in using the DM tools when I jumped in using the player tools. Yes.
0: Oh that we're we're gonna get that. So yeah that's actually the the first thing we want to know note is that when you go to sign up for this thing, it actually asks you what type of person you are are you an author are you a dungeon master or game master are you a uh, a player of role playing games and basically based on which one you pick it kind of gives you a bit of different sets of tools which i think is just awesome that is that is really catering to everybody at that point i think mm-hmm. the first thing i want to really kind of touch on is the simple navigation it's very set up, like, and I hate to compare it to Windows 8, but it's got a tile system yeah. that's very reminiscent of Windows 8. And it gives you all these different um, format things to kind of, I think, not only record your information, but spur your creativity.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think the one that does with Windows 8 was the fact that it's, I feel like it was set for a touchscreen. By the way, still using keyboards and mouse. So I was like, what the crap is this? Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, tangent. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah, (laughs) We don't talk about the windows that shall not be named. (laughs) Vista? That too. (laughs) Oh, uh, I kind of missed this. So uh, uh, Alicia says, unauthorized brain alteration for the legal term. That's a really good one. I got to look down occasionally because that's where all the chat should be. Um, So anyways, uh, what I think is cool about this right off the bat is that the buttons really get those creative juices flowing. Um, So even if you're stuck, let's say you want to, I mean, like using OneNote or, or Google Docs or some other regular thing, you have your own kind of format, but this is really cool. So you have all these little cubes or whatever. This one says condition, and it has a little uh, pop-up that says natural and magical diseases, illnesses, mutations, and transmutations are what go in this section, right? Mm-hmm. So that really kind of spark, it gives you a lot. Instead of just saying condition, it gives you kind of something to, to, to feed off of. And then, of course, once you click on it, it breaks it down even further. So obviously, you're, it g- gives you a little section for the title and a little vignette area that you fill out, which I think is pretty cool. <laughs> Chuckle says Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, you filthy animals! Yeah. Um. So we have the the vignette and the free form pro, uh, where you just kind of fill out whatever information you have, but then it also has a breakdown by if you want to break it down further. So in this example, I pick condition, right? So let's say the condition is something out of uh, the uh, the malady codex, right? If you haven't checked that out, the malady codex on DM's Guild is. A whole lot of awesome. You can check out one of our previous episodes when we covered it. It was good stuff. But you can basically go through and then pick and put in there what you want for your campaign. And there's another section where you can put in choice or type, right? Mm-hmm. So when you hit it, it actually brings like a drop-down menu that says, okay, well, what type of, type of disease am I making? It's got bacterial. It's got chemical compound, fungal, magical, psychological, uh, Pyxian. Ooh, parasitic. Parasitic. I mean, so it gives you all these uh, really – I, I it might be, it's hard to read from here, so <laughs> that might not, not be able, not what does all. that say right there? Preon. Preon? What the hell is Preon? Is I that forget. like Freon? No. Oh, anyways, it, I thought it was Pixie, and I was like, that's weird. But hey, you know, I don't play every game. Um. So in a game, Preon,
1: a small petrel of southern seas having a wide bill fringe. Co- what? It has to do with crustaceans.
0: Okay, there you go. That, that's good. Um, and so you can touch on that, and you can add these really de- fine details. What is the cause? What are the symptoms? Oh, protein particles. Ooh, man. What is the treatment for it? Uh, what is the prognosis? <laughs> what is the sequela? I don't even know what that is. Clearly, I'm an idiot. Um, but basically, it gives you all these little things that really inspire you to fill out things you may not have. uh, considered you know this one says what are the preventions what is the epidemiology Uh, what is the history the cultural reception I mean it just the list goes on and on it's crazy and and now what's cool is as you're filling these out uh, and building your campaign world you have the um The, uh, the section, there's a little tabs at the top that basically allow you to break it into sections, uh, redesign the way it's laid out, navigate it or set it how you want to navigate it. So you can actually like intertwine all your stuff and how they relate to each other, which I think is cool. Yarp. Um, you can also determine who has access. You can either make it free to everyone or to a specific group of players, um, which is really cool. And then there's a button that I just love. It's called secrets. Now, this applies to not just conditions, but everything in general, where, especially if you get to an NPC, like, let's go back to the main page here and, and see what other ones we have. Um, so, okay, here goes. goes. Uh, you have military unit, which I think is cool. Uh, ethnicity. If maybe you want to create a person. And you can give little secrets that touch and um, uh, are unique to only you that that person would have. Or maybe... You give access to uh, like a rogue character who keeps all the little secrets and stuff, which I think is really, really cool. Like, the, so here's a really cool one that I enjoy playing with. It's, called, it's the plot button, right? You click on the plot, you give it a title, you give it a, a, a regular fill, which is part of normal. But then it has like these little tabs for the different phases of like the adventure, which is really cool um, and really just really jumps out at me um, and it. I'm not a very organized person at all. So to have something that makes it super easy is just fantastic. And that's kind of all uh, some of the things that I got to experience from the DM perspective. I'd be interested to know what's different about the player perspective that you got to see, uh, Ian, when you logged in as a role player.
1: Well, for the most part, the biggest thing that popped up for me, though, was like a character management or more, more anything else. And I'm sure there's a lot more to this because, let's face it, when you first go in there, there's a lot going on.
0: Mm-hmm anything can you pull it up and kind of walk us through what you see yeah be very verbal with it though because they can't see but unless they're following along
1: (laughs) (laughs) but basically when you uh when i logged in it's like okay create character then you fill a profile and and one thing i noticed right away was how many game systems they had had available and i only clicked 5e for obvious reasons but i was able to to fill in the information as i went along into a character sheet and and it actually generates a character sheet when you're done. Mm-hmm. And if you pay attention to his macros, you can actually click on your attacks and your spells. And they'll do the roles for you inside the browser.
0: <laughs> oh,
1: that is dope as hell. Yeah. I didn't know that. that. That's that's what I'm saying. It's like, oh, every the time I log in here, there's always one or two things I discover. Because there's so much going on on yeah, this it, website. There's,
0: there's a lot. And actually, that's one of the probably cons that I would say. While it is pretty simple... There's some stuff that I don't feel like you'll figure out without having some sort of assistance. Now, while there wasn't really a, a, I wouldn't say it was a thorough tutorial. They do have this like quick tips, quick link section that I thought was kind of cool that helps you with some stuff and allows you to jump around. But I didn't really see anything like a tutorial. Now, it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Just with our limited time, I didn't find one. Did you? No. Uh, So it It is. we had these things called, was it? Lives. Yeah, right. <laughs> but it does have a lot to, to to learn as you make your way through it, which is oh, pretty ca- sweet. Oh, they have a codex page. Mm. Yeah, they do. Um the... now one of the things that I really enjoyed about this is um I love that you can link to other things, right? Yep. So if you build um, a and there's some stream features too, by the looks of it. There's what? Sh- streaming features too, by the looks of it. Oh snap. I didn't know that uh only been uh looking think... at it for a little over a week but
1: yeah i think this is a f- cementing defect i am
0: saying there's a lot to it but there's a... <laughs> you're not going to a hover that way either right and and that's what's cool though there is one thing that was a negative for me and i haven't found it and i was looking for it is some sort of way to make maps it's called world anvil so i was expecting there'd be like a built-in map maker or something i didn't see that You sure? I didn't see that did you? No. Mm-hmm. There's like there's this map thing button here but it's just to load your own maps as far as, oh, wait, there is a create map button. <laughs> oh, no, it's just, there's, uh, there's no like actual chartographer, I don't care Cartographer? Paint. Cartographer, what did I say, chartographer? Yeah. Yeah, cartographer that I can see. Well, it keeps going down. <laughs> Oh, it might be under the it might be something that's under the subscriber thing cuz I see a subscriber group thing here yeah. at the bottom. I don't know. But that was kind of the only thing that kind of I noticed but uh, Chuckles, uh mentions incarnate's great for map making. Oh man, we are going to I and that's I'm, incarnate with a K. I want, I'm going to have people on for incarnate. I promise. I really, I want, I've been, I want to reach out to that team and see if we can get somebody to talk about it because it is such an amazing program.
1: I need to ask my Monday DM what he uses. Yeah,
0: you should do that. Uh, anyway, so uh, what else do you think makes this really cool? I just think that it is nice to have something
1: that in your browser that they can jump in on and it actually fills out like your character sheet for you. They can just pull up. hmm.
0: Uh, actually, let's touch on that a little bit. You you pointed that you were surprised by how many different uh, um, games or uh, RPG games they were in. Yeah. To my understanding, it's got almost every single SRD document and information on the top, like uh, most of the, the big RPGs. If you don't know what SRD, I forget what it stands for, but it's basically the Open Gaming License uh, reference doc- system reference document. It allows other people to build off of that content yeah. to add new content to um, the the game. So, uh, New York Tater says, have, uh, "Have you looked into Fantasy Grounds?" Oh, he's referencing Chuckles. Fantasy Grounds is pretty cool too. There's somebody I'm trying, I want to get on about to talk about that too. There's a lot going on around here. <laughs> it's a new year, new day. Um, so that was actually something that I thought was really cool. Um, huh. now, yep. Well, while doing for
1: Google search, I found one called Asgar for generating maps, and I think this might kind of looks like what my, I'm not sure that's it though, but mm. it does fill out like, uh, town names and geographical stuff right off the bat, so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey Jeff, thanks for joining us. Um, so the other thing I kind of want to touch on with this program, uh, World Anvil, is that because everything is tied together, the players in your game can share their own little files of lore, backstory, images, and, and other details, which I think is awesome. Uh, especially if you want to do that character building, which we've talked about on the show before, that character building away from the table. Yep. It makes a great way for everyone to collaborate. And so you're
1: saying just what you appropriate your
0: stats at home. By yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure. Um, what I think is really cool about this is because it's all tied together, I can totally see the dungeon master giving the players a a page to write in a location to flesh out maybe their hometown or even the area nearby and tie it together. Because now with something like this, you can bring everyone into the world building experience and everything that they say now becomes true. And Honestly, as a lazy DM, that's great for me because I want less work to do, but it also gets them more involved. And guess what happens when people are involved? More stuff gets done, and people care more about it. Yeah, and they're more, they show up. Brandon. Savage. <laughs> that was pretty harsh. Um, now, now the,
1: I just briefly flashed back to when I was playing a Pathfinder game. And one of the guys who was DMing actually did create a reasonably decent amount of material for the, his uh, homebrew world. Mm -hmm. And I, we all, and all the players actually did do a good job of creating our character backstory and tying it into this world. But then I remember, I recall thinking though, the very first adventure, you all start off in this city. I'm like, did you not read my backstory? Why am I here? (laughs) I remember
0: that discussion. You've talked about that before, I think. I have multiple times, I'm sure. It's like, my characters wanted dead or alive, mostly dead in this city. Why am I here? (laughs) Right, right. That's funny. Uh, and sometimes that does happen. I mean, it's, you didn't give them like three pages of backstory, did you? Uh, three paragraphs. Oh, that's not so bad. I'm going to do that. Anyways, uh, the one thing we didn't touch on that uh, I, I really think is really cool is the with the, the way it's all tied together, um, it actually creates a social media aspect to it. So, uh, if you think like the way comments work in Facebook, it's very similar to that. So a character or a player in character can say something and the other characters that are in the same campaign can respond. And so now you build this entire conversation away from the table that just immerses the group more. And really explores the other aspects of the role playing of the individual personalities and traits and mannerisms and all that stuff of the characters and what their likes and hates are, which is for me in D and D is really important because it makes you want to care about those people. So, um, overall, this is a really exciting feature in general. Mm-hmm. So the name of my campaign world, by the way, is Lumeria. If you haven't heard that, you should really go check out the. The one shot we the we did the one time that took place in it, but uh, are my fire dwarves in there? Yeah, you, your fire dwarves are in there. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> they do have this article section. I don't know. It seems to while well, it's uh, it's really cool. I love the the way it's separated. We only went over one example, but a lot of those same like in the conditions, a lot of those same details apply throughout the entire uh system. Mm -hmm. which is cool now once again i mentioned it's very much like a social media thing there's literally uh, a notification section and a messages section you can check out you can even join uh, a discord from here which is cool so once again all that stuff kind of compiles into a, a great tool for managing your world and honestly anything that brings the players into the world that i've spent dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of hours working on mm-hmm. is an improvement, um, I think. Yeah. So, Always a plus. Is there anything about this that we didn't touch on you think would really um, is worth noting?
1: Um, I'll say my biggest tip though, especially those who are failing to character sheeps, copy and pasting will help speed up the process quite a bit. <laughs>
0: yes yes it will that's another thing like if you use D D beyond and stuff try copy and pasting that stuff over so that it's uh added to the world because it's one thing to have your character sheet but to add it to a world that's always there later yeah and for reference is really really great especially for the dm to pull and twist and use that um in this the, the is hooks and stuff in the story so now now while all in all i think this is a pretty amazing website uh world anvil is pretty awesome um, and honestly, I personally can't wait to spend a little more time on it. Yeah. Um, like I said, uh, I only really had one con, and it may not be a con. It may be part of the premium is some sort of char- uh, cartographer program to use. it. I mean, I use Incarnate when I do maps, so I guess it's not that big of a deal. But I feel like if it's called World Anvil, there should be something in there for that. But that's, that's minor. Um, and I mean, that's really the only issue I think I really had with it. I mean, I don't think I ran into any roadblocks on uh, the free aspect of the program. Nope. Yeah,
1: you know, I keep trying to make a cartographer character in D anD D sometime, but never actually pull the trigger. Oh yeah. Just so you can go. Oh, we need to find our way to the dungeon. There's a map for that. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: funny. <laughs> I love you. Always do the superhero pose. There's a map for that. <laughs> um. I think that'll do it for our main topic, the com. Check it out. Like I said, at the very least, you're going to be intrigued and get some good ideas. At the, the most, you're going to have an amazing tool to store all your information aside from a Google Doc or some place hidden on your PC that nobody can answer. Oh, you can open it up to the whole world so everyone in the world can see your world. Everyone in the world can see your world.
1: Yep, there's some social media stuff that allows people to actually follow your character
0: or campaign along, so... Mm-hmm. Yep. It's pretty sweet stuff. So, check it out. I think that'll do it for our main topic today. Yep. Now, before we move on to our Unearthed Tips and Tricks segment, what do we got to do, Ian? Well, we got to give away more stuff, of course. <laughs> oh, that's the way we roll. Now, you might be expecting me to give away villains and layers like we did last month. Nope. But... We're not doing that. We're giving away Encounters on the Savage Seas too. Yep. Revolutionize your game with this collection of 16 mini-adventures that includes NPCs, locations, new creatures, and magic items to add to your nautical adventures. We have done an episode on this product, Um, so thank you to Jeff for letting us change it up on a monthly basis.
1: I'm
0: not apologizing. You should. Uh, (laughs) All right. So, yeah. Who is our winner today there, Ian? Our winner today is Mike McGregor, Jr. Congratulations, Mike. We hope you enjoy it. If you do, please make sure to leave Jeff Stevens a review. Now, if you didn't win, guess what? Well, you
1: can't give options. You can head over to crackcandy.com slash Jeff Stevens, and you can get encounters college on the Savage. Sees three for free.
0: Definitely. And if you're listening from last year or last month in December, you can also pick up villains and layers 2.
1: day. three
0: free villains and layers three free. So head on over there to critic Academy.com slash Jeff Stevens. Check it out. I have completely redone the website. It is brand spanking new. So find the flaws and tell me so I can fix them. <laughs> so keep an eye out. It's still, uh, even though it's completed and up, it is still going through some, upgrades and some changes, so really uh, excited for that. Um, I guess it means it's that time, doesn't it? Yep. I have to figure out where all these buttons are.
1: And now, what you've all been waiting for, our Unearthed Tips and Tricks segment, where we bring you new and reusable material for both players and DMs.
0: I will never get tired of that awesome intro. (laughs) Nice. Uh, You know what I forgot? Ian, if they'd like to be registered to win Fat Loots, how can they do so? Well, go to our website, CraigHandway.com, and subscribe. Yeah, it's that simple. Yep, that's it. Make sure to follow us on all of our stuff, too. Twitter, Facebook. (laughs) Instagram now, too. Anyways, our character concept comes from Brandon Binkman. The Bird <laughs> a flightless Arakokra. Okay, that sounds interesting already. So he, uh, Brandon, Brandon, uh, goes to say Squawknack, the Bird <laughs> squawk uh, was kicked from the nest while still a fledgling by his father in what he can only believe to be because of a prophecy given to his father that one day squawknack would rise up and kill him why is God do it now <laughs> cast away squawknack left his home on foot to become stronger so that one day he could return and take vengeance upon his father
1: yeah, so it- it's the old trope of uh, okay dude the prophecy only happened because he tried to fight the prophecy <laughs> he, he did nothing but okay
0: yeah right <laughs> <laughs> you, you are in fact a result of the process prophecy you were trying to stop uh in reality his father was just trying to teach him how to fly and squawknack is just not uh, is just hot tempered and dumb okay <laughs> <It, laughs> which so fits it, the b- barbarian theme right so he's an idiot yeah, yeah he's an idiot <laughs> um so as such, he never learned to fly and gets embarrassed and angry anytime someone mentions him flying. He also gets super defensive about it and will make up excuses as to why he can't fly at the moment, i.e., ah, the winds aren't right, or I pulled a muscle in my wing. <laughs> uh, during the night while it, uh, in his it's t- his turn to watch, when everyone is asleep, he climbs the nearest tree and leaps from the highest branch in an attempt to fly. For one day, he will learn, and then he will become the greatest bird ever. <laughs> bird brain. <laughs> really? You had to go there. Yep. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, what do you think about this character concept, Ian?
1: It's definitely different. No question about that.
0: <laughs> uh Chuckle says it sounds or says it sounds like a or no. Wizard Kadia says it sounds like a fable character. I feel like that sounds familiar now that I think about it, but I can't remember the the character. Yep.
1: Well, he's like says in quotes, "My uh, my was half penguin." <laughs> that's funny.
0: Oh, I gotta write that down. Ooh, or that's a great lo- player tip. Or my was half kenku A yellow Kenku? Yep. He's really tiny. Yep. People call him Big Bird. hmm mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so there is one tiny little issue that I have with this, and it's not with the concept, it's that he's gimping himself. So what would you do to fix that so he isn't being punishing himself for his flavor? Nothing. You wouldn't do anything about this. Nope. At all.
1: Player knew what they were getting into when they made the character.
0: Okay. Well, this will be an example where we have two differing opinions. I would suggest to the player that he pick a race such as the human and reflave it as an Aarakocra. Or a Kenku. Or a Kenku. Or one of the half races. Mm-hmm. Reflavor a, 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 a half a half elf, Or a half-ling. Or a half-something. Um, That way he doesn't fly, but he doesn't lose out because there's some stats that are... Lesser in features that they don't get because they get flying. Um, so if you were planning on not ever flying for the campaign, I would suggest I would recommend that. And uh, if you're a ma- magic user, you might even be able to describe it one way. When you decide to use it, you can use fly magic, right? Mm-hmm. So he's flapping his broken wings, but he's secretly using magic or something. So that would be the only thing I had about this. But otherwise, I love it. A barbarian who can sw- well, he can't fly. Never mind. I was gonna swoop down, grab people, and power bomb them, but uh, can't do that. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I love it I think it's fun I love the play I love the excuses I could just totally see a player writing like a hundred different excuses of why they can't fly so every time somebody asks him about it boom he's got something really quick
1: too much of an updraft
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> where's all that cave
0: shut up <coughs> <laughs> uh, I think that'll do it for our character concept thank you so much Brandon for uh, submitting that yeah I- a temperamental or a coker who who can't fly. Kinda hard boiled. <laughs> oh my god. All night, huh? You can be doing that all night, or as soon as we move on, you're gonna move on. I kinda scrambled on that one. Oh, mother effer, <laughs> dude. Oh yeah, I'm trying to drop away with the F bomb, so we'll see how many episodes that lasts. Episodes? Did I swear I drop an F bomb already? I very may well
1: <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I I can't cite an example, but I feel like
0: I'm gonna say probably <laughs> we'll, we'll see how long I can get without dropping f bombs. But uh, anyways, moving on. Our monster variant today is the bloodworm zombie. Um, so this is pretty simple. You're gonna use the origin, the ogre zombie. Um, nothing too fancy here. The simple nature of zombies make them easy pickings for bloodworms. The only clue to the presence of these parasitic creatures and the disgusting. Hidden truth is the slightly visible movement of lumps filling the zombie's body.
1: Ooh, Papa, Taco's, Papa Fox Taco says, Maybe the character has a deep-seated fear of flying due to the trauma of the first fill here.
0: That's a good one. Yeah. He's like afraid of Heights. Did you ever watch Meteor Man? No. He did that. He got the ability to fly, and when he would fly, it was like two feet off the ground. It's the funniest thing. Anyways, so by taking up residence inside the corpse of a zombie... Bloodworms can spring in ambush, exploding from the corpse to devour an unsuspecting creature. Yoink! So, how does this work? You say I gave some lore stuff, and you can read that in the show notes at CritAcademy.com. But
1: I like it when you put the word lore after the lore.
0: Well, this is this is the this is for a cue for me for the DCs and what the players learn based on the information. I'm
1: talking about the line above it.
0: Yeah, this right here. Yeah. Ha! Huh, that's in the fourth edition handbook. So on you. That's how it's formatted. It gives you a description, then it gives you, here's the lore, here's the DCs to learn this. So, ha, huh, you can go take your argument up with Watsi. Just another reason for people to hate for you. <laughs> so, what is the new feature? Well, obviously, we're going to give it Death Burst, right? Because these things are supposed to be bursting from the inside of the zombie. So, once you take down the zombie... Poof. It, well, and it's hard to take down, right? Because it still has that zombie... Uh, what is the the fortitude? Zombie fortitude? So they're already tough to bring down, but when they do, kapoof, right in your face for 3d6 bludgeoning damage. You'll notice that it's bludgeoning damage. It's because the little blood-sucking worms are shooting out and smashing into you like paintballs. Yep. Now, how do we make that more interesting? They're out freely running around, right? They're now swarms! Yes, so now you're going to have a swarm of blood worms. So now that the players have just defeated this thing, hopefully in a very tough, challenging battle, and they're really low on hit points, they're really low on their resources, this thing explodes, takes out one or two of them, and they think it's over, and boom, these little worms that burst free just start smacking and crawling up and trying to burrow into the the players. So what you're going to do is you're going to take the origin... Of this monster is going to be the swarm of poisonous snakes. I'm thinking there's starting to be a trend. I use the p- swarm of poisonous snakes because it's so versatile all the time. Yep. Anyway, so they're gonna, gonna, you're going to give this new one, a, a the, the swarm of bloodworms, a new feature called Devour Blood. This is where it gets interesting. So normally, swarms cannot regain hit points. Nope. At all. I decided to change that a little bit. So the swarm deals half its normal damage. With its Bites, you you got to do that because you're making them stronger and harder to kill, so you don't want them to just kill the players and be overwhelming. So you got to cut the damage of their Bites attack in half. That being said, when it hits a creature with its Bite attack, it gains hit points equal to the damage dealt. This has no effect on Undead and Constructs. What do you think?
1: I mean, not making undying constructs makes perfect sense to me because, well, there's no blood in the constructs and the dead are already dead.
0: I meant more about the monster with the monster in it.
1: Oh, well, that part I like.
0: <laughs> <laughs> How would you feel about a player if you did this? Because you know me, I would throw it at it when you guys are about to die.
1: That was on my first form.
0: What? It <laughs> <That> gets worse? <laughs> <laughs> you guys did well to conquer my zombie, but that was only its first form. Behold! <laughs> Why is your music playing? I was (laughs) going to say, you got to play slow music in the background that just gets more amped up over time, and then the next session you actually drop it. Why is that so it's like DBZ? Why am I hearing a Latin choir? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what the hell? Make Crit Academy great again? I'm sorry. I'm sorry you hate us. Is it because I'm balding? Yes, it could be. Anyways. Um, I was really excited for this monster variant because it really is two monster variants in one, and you, let's just be honest, it is uh, going to be a uh, an ex- a very explosive experience when you drop this bad boy on the table. So mm-hmm. definitely give it a, give it a go. Uh, do you have anything you want to add to this? I do not. All right, that'll do it for our monster variant.
1: Our encounter of the podcast should come from our patron Charles Koontz. I read this in the book. It's so evil and awesome. With a scream! A dagger-willing goblin was thrown out of the chest. A spring loaded trapdoor on the bottom has concealed his hiding place. He impacted the standing human, his weight bringing them both to the ground. The adventure took a good half-dozen stabs to the uh, kidneys before the others, who seemed to be in shock. They tried to attack the goblin. Not sticking around to die, the goblin jumped back into the large chest and slammed the lid shut, slipping (laughs) into the tunnel underneath and sliding away down an an incline. Even if uh, humans found the uh, tunnel underneath the chest,
0: like this, they can't follow. It's uh, too tiny. I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, there's a button I really want to push right now, but I said there wouldn't be no f bombs. So, um, Papa Fox Tacos now wants to know what's the
1: gestation period of the worms. What's the symptoms that did the character suffer once the wormlings mature inside the
0: PCs? Oh, I didn't give any stats or anything for these little bastards to crawl inside the PCs. Um, that's definitely something you can do. I would highly encourage you to go check out the Malady Codex that actually has something like that that you could just add to it. This was just something that's meant to take over undead, um, and I didn't exp- expand on it. M- uh, much much more than that. Um, but that's something I should, I should consider, but I try to keep my monster variants relatively simple because i like to not change the CR of the fight that much usually. Yep. Um, but, uh, that's something to look into. I do, like I said, recommend the malady codex. It's got all kinds of cool stuff like that. That gives you things like the, the gestation period and the, the, the symptoms and the cures and all that sort of stuff so yep. i'll leave that to you as the dm so i love this concept i love that and so, so everyone's always afraid that a mimic is going to be like in the chest but having a goblin like pop open and stab you in the eye and like, run back down is just awesome so long suckers could you imagine that like it, if you're a goblin one of the best traps you can make is something like this at your front door you put a treasure chest because you know what every adventurer is gonna do
1: cast fireball on it
0: that's a good point <laughs> That's actually probably more accurate than them actually opening it. But see, that, that that's where meta comes in play too, right? If they've never ran into a mimic, who's gonna assume that every and it doesn't have to be a chest? I get it, cause it can be a box, right? Uh, but I think this is this is fantastic, and the fact that you can jump out, stab somebody, and then run back in, and they can't chase him gives them time to set prepare and ready actions.
1: Wouldn't it be hilarious if there's a eerie current Goblin that does crap like this all the freaking time? <laughs>
0: I just read something really, really horrible in chat, Tater. What the hell is wrong with you, man?
1: (laughs) Many things, but we knew that.
0: That's true. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, do you have anything else on this? Anything you would do to enhance it, maybe?
1: Like I said, make the Goblin A. reoccurring NPC that always
0: trolls him like this. (laughs) And the box changes every time. Maybe it starts off as a chest and then turns into a closet. Or then turns into like a, a a wagon, like a broke down wagon or something, or a regular crate in a barrel. And every little thing you can think of, and he's constantly terrorized. <gasps> Maybe the NPCs, the players have something he wants, and he's trying to get it. And the only way to get it, because he's weaker than them, is to try to catch him by surprise. So he has to wait for the right person to open, open the thing. Uh, we'll get you next time, you shift that goblin, you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> uh tater says he's trying to get the f-bomb out of me don't worry i probably won't make it long but i'm trying you'll never touch
1: me you stupid human (laughs) (laughs)
0: that's true or halfling or anything else anyways i think that'll do it for this encounter uh patron charles thank you so much for this submission i think i've been hanging on to this one for a little while but uh it's fantastic thank you our ma- <laughs> magic item of the podcast is the Point Blank Bow. The design of this recurve hunter's bow has tangled vines embossed up and down its length. At the command of its user, the vines come to life and defend the wielder. As such, they need not fear wading into the melee.
1: Ah, uh, chuckles. Like give the goblin a poison that mimics them being drunk <laughs> or drugged.
0: Ooh, that's Drop- cool. The goblin or the the players? Wait, well, he typed been drubbed with a J afterwards. So. <laughs> I have to, Maybe this. he's drinking. Or drugged. Cater, <laughs> oh, need to come up with a check game for every time Justin drops an that bomb. Uh, you can get me a swear. Uh, you can treat it like a swear jar. Except you put a tip in the jar instead of me. <laughs> uh, I'm so. me money. Yeah. So what does this do? This is a weapon. is a short bow. It's rare and it requires attunement. While attuned to this weapon, you have a plus one bonus to attack and damage rolls uh, with this magic weapon. And as a bonus action, you can speak the bow's command word. Until the end of turn, if you make a ranged weapon attack within, uh, with this bow, you do not have disadvantage if you are within five feet of a hostile creature who can see you or is not incapacitated. So basically it allows you to fire... While you've got an enemy standing five feet near you, but it consumes your bonus action. So no hunters, Mark spells, no, no, uh, any other trickery. If you're a ranged rogue, no disengage, none of that stuff. So there is a bit of a trade-off, but it's, it's, it is what it is. You're not going to have it all the time, but sometimes shooting somebody at point blank is, is necessary. And maybe you won't get away. You know, yep. it's really helpful. And I noticed there's not a lot of magical bows in the DMG.
1: There really is. I think there's like
0: two, if that. I think Maybe there was only one. But
1: I mean, aside from the basic plus whatever number of weapons. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah.
0: So uh, do you have any? So what do you think about this bow? Would you use this? Do you think it's worth it? Or do you think you would prefer something else as an archer or whatever? Save me a feat. It wouldn't save you a feat, wouldn't it? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Hadn't occurred to me that there's a feat for that. Yeah. Not all DMs allow feats, though, so.
1: And uh, screw them.
0: Yeah. yeah definitely. <laughs> <laughs> not gonna
1: lie, I'm just without saying it. And there's this optional rules. we we'll like it's optional in the, in the sense of, we're here if you want it, but let's face it, you want it.
0: <laughs> yeah, especially if you're the type that complains there's not enough options in the game. Which I have he-
1: seen people complain about about the fifth edition. I just look back and like, have you actually played the game?
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm gonna go on a short tangent right now. Uh, The... I don't understand the argument with 5e not having enough options. It encourages reflavoring and creativity. What it doesn't have is uh, dozens and dozens and dozens of feats that are completely and utterly worthless. But if you don't know that, you build a shitty creature halfway through the levels. You suck. Yeah, that's horrible. That's a horrible game design. (laughs) Oh, I just made all the 3.5ers hate me. No. That doesn't uh, take much. <laughs> yeah, that's true. No, I actually, I did enjoy, I did play three five. I did play Pathfinder, and I definitely see the appeal, but to say the game doesn't have options because it doesn't have a million useless feats, um, pick up, uh, if you want options, pick up uh, player options talents on DM's Guild. Mm-hmm. Shit's amazing. And it's better than any of the feat crap that was in some of the old stuff. Anyways, though, with all the splat books, they fixed that, I think. They just gave so many that you it's hard to find the bad ones. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I do want to play Pathfinder 2, though. We need to get together and try that. I had the book. Well, we should do that. Oh, that's that's way from the show. Yeah. Mm. See, we play other games, not just 5e. Uh, oh, dude, I got Clue D&D edition for Christmas. Nice. That's awesome. Anyways, so moving on, that'll do it for our magic item, the Point Blank Bow. You want to tell us about our Dungeon Master tip from Xanathar's Guide there, uh, Ian?
1: Simultaneous effects. Most effects in the game happen in succession, followed by an order set by the rules or the DM. In some rare cases though, effects can happen at the same time, especially at the start or end of a creature's turn. If two or more things happen at the same time in the character's or monster's turn, the person at the game table, be it the player or DM who controls the creature, decides the order in which these things happen. For example, if two effects occur at the end of the player's turn, The player decides which of the
0: two effects happens first. I never knew that. You did I? No, that's that's really important because there's some situations where you want certain effects to go off first before the other one kills you. I know. I've been in that situation. I didn't know that the player had this power to prioritize what order those effects happen. Um, and that's why I put it in here, because this is something I not only was I not aware of, I can think of at least one instance, and I don't remember what effects the player was under, but because of the order that I determined, that person died. Now, that was could be arguably a dick move on my part, but I went with, that was cast first, that's what's going to resolve first, because I, I play Magic the
1: Gathering. I mean, it does make sense to me to have whatever was cast first to go off first. So. Yeah, and that's
0: how I ruled it, but that player died because of it. This is in Xanathar's Guide. I've read Xanathar's Guide, didn't remember reading this, but as soon as I was going through it and I read it, I quickly wrote a note down to, to get this into the show notes, because this is a real big deal in in, in very critical situations. Now, how often does that come up? Eh, not, not hardly ever, but it's worth noting that the player has that power, not the Dungeon Master. So, if this ever happens, keep that in mind, because this is your decision as a player and it's your character. Or if it's a monster, it's obviously the DMs. But that's just something to consider. Uh, keep that in mind. Because, like I said, I've been playing a while now and I had no idea. So, mm-hmm. And I actually killed a player because of it. I didn't kill a player. I killed a ca- player's character. <laughs> um, and so, yeah. Lessons learned. Uh, yep. Sorry. <laughs> you still haven't killed me yet. <laughs> <laughs> Not without a lack of trying. If you wouldn't stop hiding little cubbies when I'm trying to throw boulders and fireballs at you. I'm, uh, yeah.
1: Hmm. Yeah. why did I not do that
0: challenge accepted (laughs) no I don't actively try to kill my players nope my enemies do though or my my monsters do especially the smart ones anyways uh, I think this is a great tip and how I didn't know it is just beyond me so definitely uh, try to remember it players don't die because of it (laughs) Uh, that'll do it for our dungeon master tip simultaneous effects our player tip of the podcast is don't don't be a dick. dick and you can avoid dickitude by enjoying those guilty pleasures. Who doesn't love a good guilty pleasure? Well, I know Sharon players sure do. Do they? Well you can tell me about that in a second. So
1: you can take character flaws for that. Oh, you can. Yep.
0: Yeah. I mean that's kind of what flaws are, right? Yeah. Well some of them are more I mean so anyways, so there are a few things that really can prevent adventurers from venturing out and saving the day protecting the princess from the, or saving the princess from the, the dark magician who's kidnapped her in the house, in the giant tower or whatever. Um, but there are some exceptions to the rule. And now the most common one we hear about is like ale in whorehouses, right? Um, where they're constantly going to speak with madams and get their stuff. that's scratching that irresistible itch. Right. My barbarian loved his beer. Yeah. And, and that's, that's probably the most common of these. Uh, Thorg, or gambling too. Gambling's another one, I think.
1: Although Thorg loved his steak.
0: Yeah, that was that was a <laughs> great guilty pleasure because it actually impacted your your the way you roleplayed. Uh, you. I don't remember all that happened, but I remember that was a core feature of your like a thing of characteristic of your char- your character. Um,
1: you know, d- d- yeah, a huge fight going outside.
0: Thor's gonna sit here and fetch his steak. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, now, so Papa Fox Taco says, now we come to the advice segment of the show. Our advice, don't be a dick. And you can avoid being a dick by knowing the rules of, uh, of magic and, and in what order the effects go off. That's how I roll. Good times. Uh, anyway, so, um. So I was thinking about some of these different things that can really be just a fun, guilty pleasure. And I was thinking about what kind of stuff would I like to do as a player? Like, what kind of stuff does, does it does tickles my dice? Now, my wife knows because she follows my Facebook and everything that I really like. I'm the person that likes to poke a bear, right? Like, I will post memes and images that will just ring and piss people off. Why? I get some sort of sick, twisted pleasure out of watching people get riled up. Yeah, that's a guilty pleasure. And as a bard, I totally like to lean on that. Right. So. My sort of rogue bit or my bard bit would be anytime I have an opportunity to, you know, um, deflate the ego of some egotistical schmuck. I'm going to do so. And I'm not talking like using necessarily using like vicious mockery, but I would waste spell slots. Just to make somebody walk around in the nude. Why? Why? Because he was being the big burly douche that he is. He needed to be humiliated. And what humiliates somebody more than pointing out their sword is actually a dagger. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or, uh,
1: or throw by him somebody else. Compensate for the, for some of the big copies there, my lord. Who's up there?
0: I got over there. <laughs> Uh, like for instance, uh, rogues have a traditional guilty pleasure of sticky fingers, right? But instead, maybe, maybe they have the urge to frame some douche of a noble just for the fun of it. This was where like the the forgery kit would come in a lot of handy because we run into as players, you run into douchey nobles all the time. How awesome would it be if the rogue turned to the DM and say? Yeah, I want to frame that guy for stealing from this thing over here and then give those five apples to the, the, the homeless, hungry kids that are sitting over there,
1: you D- know? Hey, DM, can I um try to steal his most pants?
0: <laughs> you want to steal his pants? His pants. His pants. <laughs> his pants. Well, he's wearing them. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so how about maybe a, a, a cleric? You know, we talk about the, the, the bards always being the lovemakers. Maybe it's a cleric. And maybe the first thing that they do every morning is go and spend time praying and asking forgiveness at a temple. I did it again. I'm so sorry. Forgive me. Do not take away my power.
1: Unless they're a cleric for some sort of love deity.
0: (laughs) Damn. Then it's not a guilty pleasure. It's a responsibility.
1: But well, I can make it a guilty pleasure.
0: But like, what if, like, okay, so let's say, <laughs> let's go with the cleric theme. Let's continue on this. Let's say that cleric, cleric meets a meets a gal or girl in a bar, and they really get the hots, and they're on a time crunch, and some, in a, uh, a, important person ends up dying because they had to take care of business. Now, obviously, we're not saying get into the details, but if the cleric says, DM I'm going to go do this," you roll a die, you lost three hours. Oh, you get there, she's dead already. Make that stuff important.
1: And, 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 oh, my God. Let's go rescue the... Oh, hello,
0: ladies. <laughs> 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 and once again, you don't have to go into super detail, but just talking and getting a little bit through and letting the dice fall where they may, and maybe the players are trying to f- have to end up forcibly dragging your character around because you're being inconvenient. Now...
1: Tater, I- feel like character based on Ho- Howard from Big Bang Theory. who's a thing for belt buckles. Oh, yes.
0: Uh, second editions from Papa Fox Tacos.
1: Using like, a psionic power to... Glue a josh pantsley furniture.
0: Oh my god, that would be so funny. So when they walk away, it like rips and tears, and then they fly off into a rage. The priest. Nope, you've reached your forgiveness limit. <laughs> <laughs> so the one thing I wanted to touch on, there's a there's one that happens with all the time, and that's the gambling trope, right? There's gambling dice and stuff in some of the little player packs, right? Um, did you ever watch uh, A Knight's Tale? Of course. You, what was the was his name Watt or what or what? What's the guy's name? It was Chaucer. Chaucer, what did I have? You put what? Oh, that's the other one, isn't it? That's the wrong
1: character. Whatever.
0: (laughs) It's been a long time. Give me a break. No! Um, Anyway, so that character is a great example of the inconvenience that comes with gambling. He gets down to his skivvies, basically.
1: Oh, he lost more. No, he lost his skivvies. So do you
0: want to... I, I don't... It's been a long time. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about it? Because I think that's a really great yeah. example of how a guilty pleasure should impact the story in the party.
1: Well, they first encountered Truss on the road, naked, and he claimed he was robbed. But he then, claimed he was robbed. I remember that. But then he's like, no, like, no, no, guys, I can help you for sure. Just give me some clothes and some food. They get to the Justinian tournament. Then they hear word from Messenger. You're, uh... Minstrel uh, says uh, he needs your help. They, they go to the gambler's tent. We're sitting there naked again. You
0: weren't robbed, were you? <laughs> <laughs> but now the, the team has to deal with that. Yep. And I think those are the sorts of guilty pleasures that are just fun and entertaining and enjoyable. And they add a lot. They don't add to the the, like the adventuring story, but they add to yep. the stories that the players will remember and laugh about later. Yep. Uh, yeah. What was the character? It was played by Alan Tudick. Yes. Oh, my God. That guy's funny. He's one of those actors who never seems to make it famous, but he always stays busy. Yeah, right? <laughs> that was a good one. I'm surprised he didn't get more recognition for that. Anyways. He voices the um,
1: chicken in Moana.
0: He what? He voices the chicken in Moana. Didn't know that. I don't think anybody did. Except for you. You know some weird-ass shit, dude. This is news. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, what do you think about this player tip? It's a good one. Of course it is.
1: Lots of fun stuff can come from this,
0: as yeah, we and saw. That, and, 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 and that's the point, right? Is in In whatever you pick, find a way to make it inconvenient to the player characters, not the players don't don't piss off and annoy the players, but like doing random stuff during like voice throwing your voice to make it look like somebody's talking smack about somebody else and starting bar fights that's hilarious.
1: I remember hearing about a friend of mine who said his uh, he had a character one time who found a magical sword that ended up being sentient his character was. Was a lawful gift, but the sword was chaotic evil. Oh no! But he kept it anyway because it gave good advice and, <laughs> and kill and, that guy in combat, and uh, was also quite powerful. But same sword would, would imitate his character's voice and he always insult the biggest guy in the bar.
0: There's <laughs> a uh, there's a weapon like that in the the third book of uh, Stormlight Archives. Yes, but I want to kill them. They're evil. No sword, Nimi. We're not killing them. <laughs> Not, why not?
1: That was not Stormlight Archive. That was um.
0: That's Stormlight Archives. The white—that's the new blade of the Skybreaker.
1: I thought that was. Uh... I was trying
0: not to say his name because I don't want to do any spoilers. But because when he loses the one weapon, the uh, n- nail, the one of the god guys gives it to him. It's in a half shard. Did. So it's used use that same trope in multiple books, then. It's very possible, because he did, there's several characters that are very similar in the books. Uh, Anyways, um, I think that'll do it for our show today. I'm looking at that book. Warbreaker, I think. Yep, Warbreaker. I'm reading, I've got that right now. That's the one with the colors, right?
1: Yeah, because the character does have a talking sword. It's like, can I kill him? I want to kill him.
0: Please, let me kill him. Yeah, no, that's the, that's. All. I haven't got. I'm only two chapters into that one, but I am the uh, the other one he's got. He's like, but they're evil. Let me kill them, please. Just draw me. It's a great character. Uh, anyways, uh, that'll do it for our player tip. Don't, don't be, be a, a dick. dick, and you can avoid dickitude by really engaging in those guilty pleasures. <laughs>
1: <laughs> huh? Apparently, the, the players are saying our last session was big. One big guilty pleasure. Chuckles. Yes. It was our clerk thought he saw his chocolate snake bite itself. <laughs> 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 I'm like, what? Wizard Kadia
0: says uh, the Brandon Sanderson books are all connected in the Cosmere. That is absolutely true and is awesome, especially when you've read all of them and you start to see their, how they're all connected. It's, it's glorious. Yeah,
1: apparently, like the uh, deity deities that prefer the magic in each uh, world used to be a part of used to be a one big deity, but it fragmented. So, which
0: is why they're called shards. Yeah. It's pretty cool stuff. Not to be confused with shard blades and shard plate, but uh, anyways, uh, what, what, damn it. You're going to, I love Brandon Sanderson shit. Um, What's really cool about that is that's a really great example of how magic is different in the same universe on different planets. Or different realms or planes or whatever. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's just different planets, but...
1: Because each DD has different characteristics.
0: <laughs> yeah, and they manifest in the 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 locals differently, which is cool. Oh, yeah. Anyways, now I go on a rant about that. I love that shit. If you haven't read it, read it and come talk to me about it. Just read Brendan Samson in general. Yeah, mm-hmm. you should be you should be on top of that. So, please join us on our next episode. We will be discussing Anatomy of a DD and d Campaign with Christian Hoffer, author on ComicBook.com. Bah, bah, bah. He recently featured our fantastic terrain in an article, so we want to thank you for that, Christian. Uh thank you. Yeah, it was really awesome of you. If you have any feedback, other tips and tricks or topics you'd like us to discuss, please send them to us. You can email them to us at critacademy at gmail.com and find them find us on Sorry, I got the hiccups. Twitter and Facebook at CritAcademy, Academy. And oh and Instagram now too.
1: We hope you've enjoyed your experience here at Crit Academy. If you did, you can help others find the show by leaving a Hopefully, press our review or on iTunes or your platform of choice or just send us a message
0: telling us how much you enjoy the show. We actually like hearing feedback. And also, be sure to give us a like and a share. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Make sure to subscribe to our show at CritAcademy.com. Please go there. I spent a ridiculous amount of time redesigning it and would really like people just go there to look at it. Oh, we know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I was blowing up our, our personal chat with it. I was like, look at all this stuff I did. Congratulate me. Uh, anyway, so you can subscribe to our show at CritAcademy.com. Follow us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash CritAcademy. Subscribe on YouTube. Follow us on Facebook, all that jazz. So we can help you on your future adventures as well as be entered to win cool prizes each and every single week. We love giving away fat loots. Yep. And my, my plan right now is to change it more often because we did the same stuff for so long. Um, I have a lot of contacts now, <laughs> so it's easier to rotate those. So we're going to keep kind of keep an eye on that for a little while. Uh, make sure to check out our fellowship members. Absolutely check out Interparty Conflict. Gabe and Jeff are awesome. Please follow them on Facebook and their social media. Those guys are awesome, and they really answer some really fun questions and are great to listen to. I still will not, not forget uh, uh, they just did an episode just before we released our fantastic terrain about zones. And it just had me cracking up with zone zones and some other shit. So definitely check it out. Uh, listen to Brute Force and Ignorance; their actual play is really great. Uh, do please follow the kind GM. The guy's got amazing articles. Orican's Lair does great blogs, and his Gateway RPG is a great way for little kids to get that RPG experience without the s- super complex uh, stuff that is Pathfinder or, or even D anD D by comparison.
1: So discover so to- a thing called
0: rules. Um, kind of <laughs> very, very light. Like, I'm pretty sure it's like three pages long or something, anyways. Uh, so definitely check them out and follow them. I think that'll do it for today. I'm your host, Justin.
1: I'm your co host, Ian. Thanks for listening.
0: Keep your blades sharp and spells prepared, heroes. <laughs>